welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. What's up, Alex? Oh my gosh. What? What's going on? Big things? Not like a ton of crazy things. Other than that, I'm not going to Maui anymore. I know. And so here's, can we just unpack this just for a second? So I, I uh, was president's circle. I, I gave enough to RPAC and to individual candidates to be uh, in president's circle for the first time in 2020. So I got to join the ranks of such people as Bobby Howe. And we were, one of the benefits is that uh, you get to go on a killer trip. Um, and they don't pay for all of your expenses, but they pay for your stay at the uh, you know resort of wherever they're going. And this year, they were going to be going to Maui. And I was pretty pumped about that. But like everything else in this, uh, you know, age, mm-hmm. it got canceled. And But I will say, that, I mean, they came up with an alternative, which was Florida in July. June. June, Florida in June, which not, not, not as exciting. Yeah. So, so so let's take us back. So it was initially scheduled in February, which we would just be getting back from it right now. That was the, that was the action. That was the intent. And then in October, they pushed it out to April. And as we were coming up, you know, here through the winter months, we kept knowing, all right. And we, we'd heard rumors they were going to push it again to the fall, which quite frankly, if I'm being honest, I felt much more comfortable with the idea of traveling to Hawaii in the fall versus the spring, because they're still really locked down there. And then they send us an email that says, what about Marco Island, Florida? And I'm like, wait, what? Florida is not Maui, not even close to it. And I know, well, then they took a poll and 75% of the people said, yes, we will still go. We want to travel so badly. Yeah. We will still go. What we've decided to do as a family is that we would like to go, but we're going to avoid most of the conference activities. We're really just going to hang out on the beach. I'm not going to go crowd myself. I don't think they would crowd us into a ballroom anyways. And they're going to be doing it, shooting it. Um, so it's a hybrid. So I could lay on the beach and still watch what the speakers on the stage are saying. This sounds like a win-win trip for me. So I, we're still going, but what's funny is you talked about you invested into RPAC and additionally into President's Circle because you yeah. knew that it was gonna be in Maui. It was last in Maui, the same hotel, in 2017. And I was so jealous of all of my friends going that the next year I went up to the President's Circle level of RPAC so that I could go, and then we was at the Atlantis um, in the Bahamas, and that was a really amazing, awesome trip. But what has since happened, and I just received notification um, like two weeks ago, I am now in the Hall of Fame for RPAC, meaning Bobby. all the time I've invested $25,000 or more into RPAC, and now my name is going to go up on the building at uh, our DC office in uh, NAR. Wow. Now that is an expensive piece of jewelry. It's an, and I should be having my new uh, Hall of Fame pin, my beautiful gold pin, should be arriving in the mail very soon. I'm pretty excited about this. Wow. But normally they have a big reception for you in May at the DC meetings. Well, the DC meetings are virtual. 
Oh yeah. It's, We're just, just doing add, this all wrong. It's virtual and it's like a 12 day conference. Yep. When are we going to figure out that 12 day conferences are a bad idea? I mean, maybe that's just me, but like no. I work, <laughs> I've, got, so I've got like a job. <laughs> so I agree. We're dragging these things out for way too long, but they're doing it so that people can see and do more things. I still, I, I want to knock that stuff out. I want to get it done. And then I want to get back to work. I want to, oh. I want to, I want to work hard for four days. I want to play right. hard for three nights and then I want to come home. Got it. And I get it. No, and I want to do that too. Sleep off the hangover. You still do. <laughs> so it's funny you talk about sleeping off the hangover. When we get to the book bit, you'll understand why. It's funny. Oh. You actually leaned into that without even knowing it. How about that? Look so here's, here's the deal though, since we aren't going to Maui, Sarah and I are working on figuring out some kind of a, a trip that we can do here in the next couple of months yeah. instead of Maui. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, we got to We got to get something figured out. I was thinking about going to Cancun, but I don't want to be compared to Nuck. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to make Ted that. Cruz? Now I get I don't, it. I don't want to make that mistake. I don't want to make that mistake. Well, as long as it's not freezing here, you're fine. Plus, That's I was getting true. to suggest, you were looking for ideas. I was going to suggest Texas since they're fully open now. That's, my dad and stepmom are still there. I would, I would like to go to Cancun. That's actually, I've never been to Cancun before. So that's kind okay. of what we're looking at. We're hoping I, to go sometime in May. Can I offer a suggestion? Yeah. Have you been to Mexico in general before? Well, yeah. Okay. Where at? I mean, well, except I say, yeah, except not really. I've been to Cozumel and that only sort of okay. counts. No, that, that doesn't, doesn't even count. count. I would, uh, I, I, I believe Cancun is beautiful and wonderful. Knowing you, I would look at Cabo as well. Look at Cabo. Cabo. Was, yeah. Cabo was our favorite. My husband and I have gone two different times. One day, one time we stayed for seven days. The other time we stayed for 14 days. And it's so, it's a totally different vibe. It's much more relaxed, um, laid back, just a real good relaxing vacation. That's actually where I learned to turn off most notifications on my phone because we would only have internet at the dinner place in our hotel. And yeah. so I would download my emails and get them then. And I became so used to not having 78 million notifications on my phone. And I kept my phone on silent all the time now. I have become so, and that was in 20, 2011, we did the 14 day trip and it just, I, I highly recommend, I love Cancun. I highly recommend Cabo. Well, maybe that, so I, I've got to ask though. So you said, knowing you, I think you should look into Cabo. Bobby, what is it about my personality that makes you think that Cabo would be a better fit than Cancun? Because I feel like you and Sarah are more relaxed, kickback. <laughs> more jazzy type of people as opposed <laughs> to your New Jersey party hardy, let's do shots, shots, shots. Oh, is that I what mean, Cancun is? Yeah, Cancun's much more party central. I mean, like you could find your nice relaxed resort and do that, but there's a much more party hardy vibe over on the Cancun side oh, yeah. and a much more relaxed surfer dude feel over on the Cabo side. Bruh. Or you know I me, could, I could send you right on into the. I did a summer abroad in Mexico when I was in college. I spent an entire summer living there, so I could, you know, I could send you to the interior and tell you all the places to go in Jojutla and Cuernavaca and Mexico City. Like I could do that 
I'll tell you what, Mexico City Send has me some an really amazing museums, though. I'm telling you what. Who knew we were going to get into this conversation today? I, we never know. We never know where things are going to take no. us. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. What, 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 are, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. We but need wait, to get through on. this because our guest is coming on soon, right? We better, we, yeah, we, we've got to hurry up. But there's, there's one thing that we got to talk about first, and that is large. Yes. And you, Bobby, are a speaker at this year's Recharge event. Telling you what, it's ama- we have an amazing lineup of speakers, and we're departing from the traditional tech-only conversation of Recharge, and we are actually bringing in topics that appeal to the every agent to help them sell more real estate. What a crazy concept. We're not going to just talk tech. There'll be some tech involved, but we're going to talk more actual day-to-day things that you need in your business. I'm, I, love I it. am super excited. I've been, I've been asking for this for years. And so like, I see the lineup, I see the topics and I am just super excited. I'm pumped for it too. I think it's going to yeah. be a great conference. Um, all right. What are we talking about today? Uh, so today we are going to be bringing in Kenton Randolph and he is an expert on wheelchair accessibilities and homes. And he's going to talk about some of our new accessibility features, uh, fields that we have in Heartland MLS. And I am pretty darn excited to talk about it. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. All right. So I got to I got to ask, we got to hurry. What is, do you, do you have a book bit today? Uh, if you have a song, I have a book bit. Do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey. Mm. All right. So I want to preface this book and I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here um, in that um, my entire adult life, um, I have been what I would consider to be a social drinker. I just, when we go to conferences and things like that, we'll sit in the bar at the end of the evening, everybody catches up, has a couple drinks, whatever. Um, and then at, when I'm at home and don't have conferences going on, always like a, on a Friday night or a Saturday night, like once a week, one drink, no big deal. What I discovered during the pandemic was, is that once a week turned into Friday night and Saturday night. And then slowly it was like, oh, Thursday night while I'm making dinner, I'll have one beverage. Um, I never felt like my drinking got completely out of control to where like I was having multiple drinks in a night or that I was passed out or blacked out or couldn't remember what had happened. That was never an issue. But I just found myself drinking more often than I wanted to. And every time I would try to be like, oh, it's, it's I, I, you know, like Sunday, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to drink again until um, next Friday. Well, then on Tuesday, it'd be like something stressful happened. And so I would tell myself that, oh, if I just have this one drink, then I'll be fine. Well, then it'd be like, well, I drank on Tuesday. Why not drink on Wednesday? So I decided to do dry January. I absolutely loved it. It was not, it was not hard. It probably should have been hard, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hard. It flowed with me. But I got into some of these groups and they were talking about some different books that had helped some people while they were struggling to go through it. And one book was called This Naked Mind, Control Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness, and Change Your Life by Annie Grace. And so I just finished up the audible of it and it really unlocked a lot of things in my brain that I didn't even realize. And I think it's really helped me realize I don't desire to drink alcohol. She talks about her job and she was traveling to a bunch of different conferences around the country. And that's just the, her drinking started becoming an every night thing because of all these conferences. So my favorite quote from the book is alcohol erases a bit of you every time you drink it. It can even erase entire nights when you're on a binge. Alcohol does not relieve stress. It erases your senses and your ability to think. 
alcohol ultimately erases yourself. And so I have three key things in the book. And the first one is awareness is key. Awareness just isn't a trendy phase. There's plenty of places we do not question the importance of awareness while driving, when it comes to our safety, and even in our communication with others. When it comes to alcohol, it's ridiculously easy to slip into mindless drinking. Many of us fall into a pattern of everyday drinking, a glass of wine after dinner or a beer after work. It starts innocently, but it can cause problems later. Alcohol is addictive, and what starts off as just a habit can become bigger over time without anyone quite realizing that you've crossed that line. The second thing, there's nothing that alcohol improves. She, she says in the book, she drank because she thought alcohol would make a good time better and it was necessary to socialize. She took a break from drinking from alcohol. It took a, dr a break from drinking from alcohol for her to realize how much better life would be without it. The way that um, alcohol affects our brains and our body actually prevents us from fully enjoying ourselves. We don't get fully into the moment of what's happening. It dulls our senses. It dulls what's going on around us. And our bodies actually crave that dulling of the senses. And the third point is that alcohol makes a bad thing work. A 2020 study showed alcohol makes you less capable of dealing with stress and anxiety. Researchers gave mice doses of alcohol for a month and then ran tests to compare the mice who'd been drinking to normal mice. The mice were put into stressful situations to measure their reactions. Alcohol literally rewired the mice's brains to make them less able to deal with anxiety and stress. When she took a break from alcohol, she realized that to remove her stress, she actually had to do something that was causing the stress. And that meant dealing with the issue rather than drinking to avoid it. Um, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in the book that just really just talks about all the poison that we're putting into our body. It takes 10 days to fully get alcohol out of your system. And that all the, that so often people drink because that first one or two drinks, your body reacts to that. Your body's not actually reacting to the alcohol. Most likely it's reacting to the sugars that are in it. And that rush that your body is getting from the sugars, and then your body craves more of that, telling you that it's the alcohol telling your brain that. And that we don't actually, when you think about you had a good night out, you don't think back about the drinks that you had. It was the people you were with, the conversations you had. And it wasn't just because they were drinking that you had those good conversations. So I've really enjoyed um, the book. And um, it's really, I'm in a group now that it's you drink um, 65 days for the year and you're dry 300. So it's a 365 day thing. And there's an app called Try Dry. It's actually a British based app. And every day it sends you a thing saying, did you stay dry today? And you get little badges and rewards. And it's, it's, it's hey, kind of a, a neat pretty reasonable. What you're doing. That comes out to about what, about one drink per week. It's, it's about one drink per week with like 10 other days that you could do for holidays or vacations oh, or whatever. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. You people can do that. Yeah, totally. Just don't so, go to any real estate conferences. Just don't go to any, but she even talks about that. That's <laughs> like, you know, we're so we do it just because everybody else is doing it, but everybody else is doing it because everybody else is doing it, you know, sort of thing. So I thought I knew how to party because I went to KU and then right. I started going to real estate conferences. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's true. So should we bring on our guest? Yeah, let's bring Kenton on. Let's do a great book fit. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR. 
I'm Bobby Howe, and we are back with our guest, Kenton Randolph, who is, I believe, the owner of Randolph Seating and Mobility up here in St. Joe, Missouri, with me. Yay. Um, now, Kenton, I want to tell the story of how like, I even knew what was going on. So I woke up one day to my husband telling me about a story in the news press uh, about the Kansas City MLS and these new accessibility fields being added. And I was like, I was president of KCRER at the time, and I was like, what are you talking about? There's an article in the St. Joe News Press about Kansas City MLS. What's going on? So give us a little bit of background of, of who you are, what you do, what your company does, and how you got connected with our MLS and adding some new accessibility fields into our MLS. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Kenton Randolph. So I, I have operated uh, Randolph Seating Mobility for uh, over 20 years, almost 22 years now. And so during the course of that business that I um, continue to operate, um, there has been times where individuals have consulted us to come out to their home to look at their home, either to make it accessible or if they're looking to purchase a new home, how they can go about doing some accessibility design or universal design in that, in that new home. So with my uh, relationship that I have in St. Joseph with um, Adam Stein and Berkshire Hathaway, we got together and basically um, had lunch a few times and talked about me becoming a realtor and focusing on just accessibility. So we realized that there is a whole new audience out there that are aging, the baby boomers, and there's a lot of them that are looking for my forever home or age in place home. And there's also another segment to that with people that are already at wheelchair level or do have some type of disability that are looking for homes that are accessible. So we conquered me becoming a realtor and I was all excited and everything was going great. And then I realized that um, I'm a realtor, but I don't have any tools that were in my toolbox. So how am I going to advertise and market selling homes or helping people when we don't have any real avenue for them to search is there a home out there that is accessible for them so kind of make a long story short i'd worked with another gentleman that's a realtor uh, out on the west coast and the northwest mls so he'd given me a lot of information in regards to what he had done to connect with their mls on how he approached to get the MLS updated to where it has an accessibility feature to it. So between myself and Adam and the owners of the Northwest MLS here uh, in our Kansas City region, we had come together with a plan to introduce um, making the MLS uh, a feature to where it has accessibility that a realtor can go in and add accessibility features when they are getting ready to list a home and so that's where everything has ended right now. So we've achieved huge uh, steps forward to get just the awareness out there. Now that we have the, the great people at the Heartland MLS that helped us with adding this seg uh, segment to their new matrix, now we just need to get people knowledgeable that it's there and to use it because it doesn't work unless it's gonna get used. And so hopefully, with this message, and we've been trying to convey this since this has all happened, that you know, please take the time to go into a home that you're assessing to be put on the market and identify whether or not it has accessibility features. If it does, 
then go deeper into that because a lot of times there'll be a ramp going up to a home and the realtor will market that it has a wheelchair ramp. But once you get to the front door, you can't get a wheelchair in any other room in the house. So that leads us to be a dead end. So I have a client that wants to go see that house. So now we don't know how wide the doors are, if the bathroom's accessible, what's been done in that home. So hopefully this is a, a big, big, huge step going forward to update this new matrix. And hopefully there'll be some more uh, supplemental documentations that can be added to that matrix that will help identify doorway widths and so forth. So that's the, that's the next goal. But right now it's just an awareness by stating that, hey, you know, there is a part now on the MLS that can help us search beyond a ramp for accessibility. Well, Ken, that is that is so great. And it's something I'm I'm so it's one of those things where we're talking about it now. It's not something I've ever really thought about before. And yet it seems so obvious that it should be there. I mean, what you're describing is uh, it's shocking to me that that we didn't have it before. Um, so so I am so grateful uh, that you that you helped bring this to uh, HMLS's attention and that you've led the charge in in getting it uh, corrected. Uh, so so thank you. What can you give us some examples of uh, some of the things, some of the fields that might be or that are available now? So I, you you mentioned uh, you know wheelchair ramps and and uh, accessible doorways. What, what other things? Uh, whether it has any type of assistive technology, you know, there's a lot of new. Um, moderate um, automations in homes for door openers and turn on lights. Um, there's, you know, elevators, stair lifts, uh, just, just, just a, a host. I guess, I guess every, to be fair, I guess every home and every individual has kind of unique needs, but I, I think the doorway accessibility to be able to go into a bedroom, a bathroom, a kitchen, um, to make that to where they can age in place if they're not at a wheelchair level or if they're at wheelchair level that those areas are big enough to accommodate for those needs. So there's, there's really a whole host of assistive technology that can be uh, utilized in a home and it all depends on the level of that patient's needs or I, I, we call them patients at my business, the mobility business, but as a client or a customer that's looking for um, new housing, depend on what their level is. We, you know, we ha I have a lot of patients that are, uh, that are at wheelchair level and they're looking for a home to move into. And so they have unique needs. A lot of them have uh, the ability to do a lot of things and other ones don't have such an ability to do a lot of things. And some of them just use a walker. It, you know, it's just nice to be able to get into a, a home and, and make that home uh, the aging place, you know, your forever home is kind of the, uh, the approach that I think a lot of people are looking at. And I think our communities out there, whether in St. Joe, Kansas City, there's a whole segment here being missed because a lot of realtors uh, will call my company here, my mobility company and say, hey, we have a stair lift in this house and we want to get it removed. Uh, you know, can you guys come out and do that? And, and so I say, why would you want to remove that? You know, why, why would you want to do that? It's not, it's not something that's going to be in the way, but it could be something that could maybe add value to that home, depending on the buyer. They're excluding people that uh, are looking for a home to age in place, and you're excluding people that have a disability, and there's really no identification available right now for those people. So I can't pinpoint down what the magic feature would be, but we need to make uh, people aware that 
the homes that are out there could be accessible, but they're just not identified. So Kitten, I have a question for you. And I actually, I know the answer to this because I grew up in real estate and I've had a few clients who've needed wheelchair accessible homes over the years. Can you tell us, because we've talked about this a couple of times, talked about doorways specifically. Can you tell us what a standard doorway size is and what a size a doorway needs to be so that it is wheelchair accessible so that our listeners can go measure the doorways when they're taking a listing to know, is this accessible or not? Yeah, right. Good question. Because uh, bedroom doors, you know, traditionally we'll see you know, 30 inch doors with the jam will be 28 inches. So you're limited on access there. A lot of bathroom doors we'll see, you know, down to 24 inch doors that go into bathroom, which is really, really small. You can't really do anything there. So ultimately, uh, a 36 inch door is, is a good accessible door, you know, throughout the home. I, I love it. We, we've been doing some modifications, some existing homes that uh, my business, the mobility business does. And we've been able to convert a lot of doors into pocket doors. Uh, they're, they're a great option to take away from the swing door that gets in the way for wheelchair users and walker users. And pocket doors make a great alternative to access those rooms that are hard to get into. Bathrooms uh, have been extremely popular on, on uh, pocket doors. And if you can't do a pocket door, they have the new style now. Uh, which is the barn doors have become a real big hit, you know, even in modern homes right now. So there's a lot of good opportunity out there and there's a lot of technology for smart technology to make these homes smart technology for people that do need smart technology to, to be able to turn on a radio or turn on a light, uh, open their garage door, open their door to their bedroom. I mean, there's just, they're just, it just, uh, it's just countless options that are available out there. Well, and, and Kenton, this is, again, this is interesting to me because uh, you know, we've talked about smart home technology on this podcast on, on a number of episodes, and I don't think that we've ever really discussed how smart home technology can be a, a huge benefit uh, for, uh, have we, Bobby? I mean, I don't, I don't think that we've ever really had that conversation before. Can you talk a little bit, I mean, now that you're saying it again, it seems so obvious <laughs> that that uh, that, you know, being able to, uh, use your voice, for instance, to turn on your lights or, or to be able to do it from a smartphone um, or, you know, a, a different panel. I mean, obviously that, that makes a ton of sense. I just don't think that, I don't think that people install those things and think about the kind of benefit that it could bring uh, to somebody that needs that in order to, uh, in order to have the quality of life that they need in their home. Yeah, and, and that's true. It's it's really overlooked. And that's that's the thing that we're trying to bring awareness. I think if anything this ever could enlighten realtors and real estate companies is pay attention. There is new technology out there that is very inexpensive and it needs to be used. It's going to be used. We have 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day for the next 20 years. That's a true statistics that's going to happen. So you have to be aware that that is coming, that is coming. You know, right now we have very low inventory I know on the real estate market and especially for homes that are accessible. But you know, there might be a lot of homes out there that are accessible, but they're just not identified. But the smart technology allows not only the, the, the person that's living in the home to be able to advantage by using that technology, but it also allows family to check in on their, you know, elderly, mom or grandma, you know, via camera or, you know, I mean, grandmas have become a little bit more savvy now with using iPads and so forth. 
my mom's uh, 80 years old and my daughter introduced her to an iPad and they'll FaceTime, which is something that you, she never heard of in her lifetime. But that technology is so easy now uh, and it makes life a lot easier uh, to be able to function in a home. Automatic, you know, water faucets that go up to the sink, you just put your hand in a motion sensor, you know, light sensors, you open the door, the light comes on. I mean, those things are just so cheap and they add so much value, I think, to, um, to safety uh, for people that are living in their home that want to age in place. You know, I think when we talk about this topic, quite often we think about elderly people. And so we think about buyers looking for these sign of things to age in place, like you just mentioned. But also there's a huge benefit to having these features in your home as a homeowner because we never know when tragedy is going to strike. Um, I know of, of about three or four months ago, one of my, my agents down in the Kansas City office, her husband was involved in a horrible uh, car accident that shattered both of his legs and he was immediately wheelchair bound overnight for about, I think it was about six months that he was wheelchair bound. So we never know when something's gonna happen in our life to already have these accessibility features in our house. So I love what your company, you know, already does up here um, with helping us. So what are some other things that we could be doing and thinking about to be proactive as opposed to reactive? Well, I think, I mean, if you're looking, if you're in the home buying market space, you know, I'm 50 years old. So I'm one of those persons that would like to maybe find a, uh, I keep saying the forever home, which is true. You like to look at a home that, the one I built now and I live in for the last 20 years with my family, I didn't think that maybe down the road I would be able to uh, um, have assistive equipment or require assistive equipment. So I think looking now, uh, you know, people that are actively seeking homes to purchase should look at that. And I think a lot of them are in, in all honesty. Um, and I feel that our patients that are in wheelchairs or at wheelchair levels or walkers and so forth, uh, you know, that whole segment has kind of, seems to have maybe, I hope this isn't really true, but maybe given up on the, the idea of buying a home because a lack of accessibility. And I think this matrix might help that because now there might be, if, and only if the realtors will take the time to do it. And I can't stress that enough. If the realtors will really, 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 you know, dive into listing a home and utilize every feature on the MLS and make it uh, as, as transparent as possible, paint a colorful picture of that house, not only the views, what it has, and this and that. But you know, let's talk about things that are more functional. Bathrooms, if it has a zero entry shower, if it has a you know 36 inch bathroom door, 36 inch bedroom door. Those are all things that people that are, that are my clients that are looking for that are not identified right now. So I really can't stress that enough if they start using those features on that MLS. And and, and then, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, other other than that, I mean, that's that's really the main focal point. I think is really now that you guys have taken the next step to you know to make sure that this is part of your uh, MLS that you guys have and you've done a you know a wonderful job. And I can't be more appreciative of of the steps you've taken for this. But um, I just think it it has to be utilized for this to work, and I hope that will happen. Alex, what I hear him saying is we need better data in the MLS. That's right. Like, <laughs> exactly. You don't get enough. I mean, you no. don't get enough. It's about, it's like buying a, it's, you know, when you buy a car, you know, you want to know, you know, what it has in it, what kind of engines it have, what kind of tires it have, what kind of speakers it have in it. You know, you want to know all the details, but when you buy a house and you look at these listings, uh, not to be, not to be negative, but when you look at these listings, they're very vague. You know, they don't talk enough about things that are important to people that need 
uh, assistive technology or people that want to age in place. A lot of times they're, you know, those people are very vain, you know, people that come in the home and they're using a walker, you know, they, they're trying not to display themselves as being, you know, disabled or tag themselves with that. They're, you know, they, they obviously need some assistive technology, but, you know, just by going and looking at a home, it might be a struggle for them. So if we can identify that home prior to going there and spending the time taking them there and then the effort to get out and to go into a home and know that we got in the front door and now we can't go anywhere else, we turn around and leave. That's very disheartening, you know. So that's where the MLS has won out in the Northwest. And I know that the MLS here, Heartland, uh, can win as well if, if we start utilizing these, feature, these features. Well, Ken, that's great. And, and I mean, you're, you, you're right. I mean, that's true of all of our fields on MLS, you know, people, people go by and doing, doing the, uh, they try to get by with just doing the bare minimum and just doing the required fields and they're not doing their sellers any favors. They aren't doing the public any favors. Um, and, uh, it turns out they could be, uh, they could be excluding people, uh, from, uh, being interested in the, in the listing. I mean, I, I mean, that's what it really boils down to. Um, keeping people from really participating in the marketplace the way that they should be able to. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, Ken, true. this has been really great. Is there anything that, uh, that we haven't asked you that we should? That's always Bobby's question. Good job, Alex. I swooped in. I jacked it from Bobby. <laughs> there, are other, there are one other thing. So if you do find a home that you like and, you know, say it does meet some of your needs, but you would like to you know, maybe remodel it or you'd like to add something on. There are some special like grant money that's available from uh, the state and federal levels. Um, and, and I help people look at those. And there's like the, the, the 203K rehabilitation loan that you can get that you can kind of tie into your mortgage. So when you're buying a home uh, or even if you have an existing home, you can you can take advantage of those programs to where that's that's designed for uh, making those homes accessible for people that require assistive technology. The Missouri uh, our our state of Missouri has a great program, the Missouri Assistive Technology Program. Uh, it's wonderful. They have low interest loans. They have grants and so forth. People that qualify. So there are assistance out there for people that uh, that do require assistive technology. And I'm also um, a seniors real estate specialist, which is kind of a specialist, a, a designation that kind of um, really tries to understand a lot of different laws and rules and regulations and programs. And so I've taken the next step to become that specialist to be able to really help my clients, you know, kind of discover all of the potentials out there when they look at a home. So those are really important too. So just, you know, don't think about buying a home that this is my it, this is it. I can't spend any more money because I don't have any more money. Well, let's look at some other, you know, programs that can maybe get you some free money or grant money that's available for those uh, particular individuals. People that are 62 plus or, you know, that have a disability. There's a lot of, a lot of those out there that uh, a lot of people can take advantage of. I think it's really important for people to know that there are other there are avenues to learn more about this topic and to make sure that uh, that you're up to date on it. So, oh, what exactly. was the name of that accreditation again? What was it? So, so I have so I'm a I'm a seniors real estate specialist, which is a special designation after you become a realtor, and I'm also an assistive technology specialist. Um, and that's to do with my business here, my mobility business. So I I design. Um, a, a whole host of complex mobility devices for people that have progressive neurological disorders or new spinal cord injury, brain injury patients and so forth. So my 
my, I, I see a lot of people that have real severe disabilities uh, or severe injuries. And then also we take care of uh, the group of people that are just aging, you know, that, that need either a walker or wheelchair or a scooter. So, so I get to see a whole gamut of people, you know, from severe disability to minor, you know, and, and we're trying to accommodate all those people, you know, into one uh, is very difficult because everybody requires different uh, areas of accessibility, not all require the same. But identification, that's the big thing. And they have to identify these homes, uh, no, regardless if they meet the need of an individual that needs assistive technology or require for a patient uh, or, or for a person that uh, is looking for a home to age in place. And that's my forever home. I'm going to stay here for life and I can navigate if I need to in a wheelchair. If I never need a wheelchair, I can walk through my home and not have to bump into the walls. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time um, today, Kenton. This has actually been really informative. I mean, there were things that I, I, I knew, but there were a lot of other things I had no idea and hadn't thought about them that way before. So thank you for your time and thank you for um, being a part of this and congratulations and welcome to the Realtor family. We, we love having um, new members to our family. Yes. Well, I appreciate your time and appreciate all you guys' efforts down there. This has really been great. So let's hope for a lot of good things to come.